You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Tim McMaster talking Boston Red Sox baseball with MLB.com Red Sox reporter Ian Brown. And Ian, first off, happy holidays as we move towards the later stages of December. You too, Tim. Can't believe the uh, holidays are already upon us. And uh, before you know it, we're going to be talking to you from spring training. Yeah, the weather in New York, and I'm sure in Boston as well, it almost feels like spring training is here. But I'm sure it will get cold at some point before we get down to uh, Fort Myers. All right, so let's get into the news a little bit. Um, Not too much going on really the last week as far as the Red Sox go, but they did sign some free agents, I know, with invites to, uh, to spring training. One of those guys I thought interesting, Anthony Varvaro, a guy who pitched for the Red Sox a year ago before getting injured. Um, is he a guy that could that could make this roster in 2016? I know the competition in that bullpen is going to be tough. Yeah, Navarro is a guy who could put himself back on the map You know, if he can get healthy again. I mean, this team was pretty high on um, the acquisition of him. You know, you look at the numbers he had for the Braves in 2013 and 2014. A really quality reliever and a rare righty who kind of uh, did his best work against lefties. So it all depends on on, on whether he can get healthy and how the, the rest of the Red Sox bullpen holds up. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's good to see them give him another shot. So he will be there in Fort Myers. When we look back at the winter meetings, Ian, things finished up. Obviously, um, Red Sox, basically before getting on the plane, I guess, made a trade with the Milwaukee Brewers. They trade away Garen Cicchini. Um Here's a guy who, who was a pretty high prospect for the Red Sox at one point. Um, he was a guy that a lot of people thought was kind of a first-round talent. They ended up getting him later because of an injury. Um, but, but what went wrong as far as Cicchini goes with the Red Sox organization? Well, you know, Cicchini just, I think, the, the signing of Pablo Sandoval, you know, knocked the wind out of his sails a little bit because here was a guy who made his debut in, in 2014 and, you know, showed some promising signs that he might be able to be a big leaguer, but then, yeah, you know, they got Sandoval in the winter, and I think uh, Chiquini saw the writing on the wall and had a bad year at uh, at AAA this past year. You know, I don't know if it was just sort of a a mental thing or or, or what it was, but this guy has always hit, um, and he didn't hit this year, so it just came to a crossroads. And you know, the Red Sox needed a spot on their forty man roster when they signed David Price, and you know, they designated uh, you know Chiquini for assignment at that time, and then we're able to work out a trade with the Brewers, where you know hopefully he'll have more of an opportunity to play and maybe see if he can get that sweet swing. Um, out on the field on a consistent basis at the major league level. So that was a minor move the Red Sox made. Obviously, most of the big moves were early on. Ian, when you when you look at a team that makes the kind of moves the Red Sox did as early as they did in this offseason, how how does that set them up? How much how much of a great position are they in now where they can sit back and if somebody comes to them, hey, you know, if it's a great deal, they can make a move on it. But otherwise, there's no pressure to go out there and, and talk to other teams about things. They can just kind of, I guess, chill out the rest of the offseason, right? Yeah, I mean, Dave Dombrowski's in a great, has put himself in a great spot here. He really went out this offseason and he looked at his main, main needs and he wanted to get a dominant arm for the bullpen. You know, he wanted to get an ace pitcher and he wanted to get a fourth outfielder who could hit left-handed pitching. And he was able to get all three with Craig Kimbrell and with David Price and then with, uh, you know, with Chris Young. And he got a pretty good reliever, too, in Carson Smith in that trade for Wade Miley. So, yeah, I mean, they don't really feel a pressing need to do anything right now. Um, all the positions on the field are spoken for. And I think the big question mark for the Red Sox right now is how all some of these uh, position players 
pulls up some of these younger position players. You know, how are they going to hit? How will Hanley Ramirez and Pablo Sandoval bounce back? So, uh, you know, the pitching suddenly looks like a strength, but that, now you just wonder, you know, do you have enough offense? And I think that uh, that's where if anybody came up with some great deal, you know, to bring a more proven hitter uh, to Boston, maybe they would look at that. But, uh, yeah, I think I think that they're in a good position right now. Yeah, there's certain that certainly that thought that with all these young players, the upside is enormous and what this team could be. But as you said, a lot of them are question marks. You're basing thoughts of 2016 on on a small sample size from 2015. So it'll certainly be interesting to see how those guys do come if they live up to that expectation. Another thing that came out of the winter meetings was Major League Baseball um, telling the teams they'd like them to expand the netting at a lot of these ballparks as far as safety goes. And of course, for the Red Sox, if you think back to June 6th, Tanya Carpenter was hit in the face with a bat off of Brett Laurie during his at-bat there at Fenway. And I think that was one of the major moments that led to baseball kind of making this decision. Um, when you look at Fenway and what they can do, have have you heard much about how they plan on expanding the nets at Fenway? Yeah, I mean, they're going to do it so fans will be safer than they were. So you don't have another Tanya Carpenter situation and. Um, you know, Fenway is just a place where anyone who's been there, the proximity to the playing field is probably closer to Fenway than any other park. You know, you're just right on top of the players, so you're almost surprised that fans don't get hurt by, by foul balls more often. So I think it's a good, you know, the Red Sox are perfectly compliant with Major League Baseball. They're in the process of getting this set up right now um, to get this netting in place between uh, home plate and, and the dugouts. And, uh, again, I think that uh, everyone should feel safe when they go to the park. And you know, the sad thing is in today's game when you know fans go to the games, they're looking at their phones, they're getting distracted. Um, so maybe you do have to um, you know, be a little more cognizant of that uh, with people's shorter attention spans uh, just, just to keep the fans safe. Yeah, there's so much going on at a Major League Baseball game beyond the actual play on the field that's certainly very important. We've seen it in hockey for a long time, the, the netting behind behind both ends, and now baseball moving a little bit more towards that as far as more netting. All right, well, this has been the MLB.com Extras Red Sox edition. Ian, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.